From the office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Redistrict ATX, your place for learning all about the redistricting process. I'm your host, Kelsey Thompson. In this episode, we're getting an update on the Auditor's efforts to promote the redistricting process. I'm joined by Jason Hadavi, Deputy City Auditor for the City of Austin, who is the manager of the redistricting team at the Auditor's office. Welcome to Redistrict ATX, Jason. Thanks for taking the time to join me. Thanks, Kelsey. I appreciate you having me. Great. So can you get get us started by telling us about yourself and your role in the city? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the Deputy City Auditor in Austin, Texas. Um, in that role, I oversee all the operations in the office of the City Auditor, audits, investigations, all the administrative stuff, and the redistricting responsibilities that come up every 10 years. I've been in this job since 2015, but I've been in the office in various capacities since 2005. And so what is redistricting again? Can you give us a brief overview for folks who are just tuning in? Sure. Uh, redistricting is the process used to redraw single-member districts for electoral purposes. In Austin, we've got 10 single-member districts based on a char charter change that took place in 2012. And that charter change requires our office to help create an independent commission made up of Austin residents. And in 2013, that commission drew the first map of single-member districts in Austin. The process involves quite a few steps and a lot of requirements, but the quick version is that our office hosts two application processes, one for the applicant review panel and one for the redistricting commission. The panel is a body of three CPAs that will look at all the commission applicants and select the 60 most qualified, and then we'll randomly select the first eight commissioners who will complete the process by selecting the remaining six. And the key requirement for us is that we need to recruit large, diverse pools for both the panel and the commission. And we're more than halfway through the application periods at this point, right? Uh, I know applications close for the commission on September 30th and for the panel on September 1st. So how has it been going? How many people have applied so far? Yeah, so, you know, it's August 6th. And so we're, uh, we are just a little bit more than halfway for the commission, two thirds for, for the panel. And I'd say given the environment we're living in right now, we're off to a good start, but there's definitely more work to be done to reach our goals. As of today, August 6th, we've got 213 commission applicants, over 90% of which are qualified, so that's awesome. One commissioner has to be a college student in Austin, and we've got 13 student applications as of right now, so that's also great. We've got about 40 panel applicants, less than half of which are qualified. So we've exceeded the minimum numbers we need for each body, and we're continuing to, to get larger pools for, for both of those, those bodies. But it's hard to say what number of applications we'd really like to see, given the pandemic, civil unrest, and really important social issues that are very appropriately garnering a lot of Austinites' attention right now. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. It's such an interesting time to be doing this, um, this outreach campaign. H have you seen patterns or trends in who is applying or where they live? Oh, for sure. This is the main area I'm focused on right now. You know, we really need to increase the demographic and geographic diversity of our commission applicants. Not to say that I'm ignoring the panel, but since a key requirement for the panel is that you've got to be a licensed CPA in Texas, you end up with a much smaller pool of candidates for which we don't have the, the demographic breakdowns right now. But focusing on the commission, we're reaching for as close to the diversity you see across Austin. And right now, Hispanics, Blacks, and women are underrepresented when we're looking at our applicant pool. Additionally, when you look at the geographic diversity, we, we see some, uh, some disparities. First, you can see that three districts have 
30 or more applicants, one has 22, and the remaining six districts have less than 20 each. And if you look at a map of the applicants, regardless of what district they're living in, you definitely see a much stronger concentration of applicants in the central corridor. Now, if you think back to 2012, the main driver behind the charter change was geographic representation so that everyone across Austin had equal representation. So we really want to reach potential applicants in the outer line areas of Austin as well. That makes sense, too. And I know speaking kind of on how the pandemic has has kind of affected this process, I know earlier in the year, a large part of our outreach focus was on community meetings, um, kind of you know, at, at meeting spaces around town in the traditional way. Obviously, that's changed as a result of the pandemic. So how has the auditor's office adjusted outreach efforts in light of the pandemic? Pretty significantly. You know, I started mapping out our strategy in the fall of 2019. And as you mentioned, that included several community meetings across Austin, in-person presentations with community organizations, institutions, neighborhood organizations, that we thought would be able to help drive application numbers up. And um, that obviously all went away with the pandemic, but we really worked hard to maximize different approaches that don't involve in-person interactions. We've used virtual events, social media, billboards, bus wraps, TV, radio, print ads, flyers, and even direct mailers to potential candidates to make up for the lack of that in-person interaction. And the auditor's office has done various virtual events, as you mentioned, uh, and a Reddit AMA, which is something that our office hasn't done before. How was that? What lessons have we learned from that? Well, for me, it was a bit stressful, to be honest. I'm about the least tech savvy and social media savvy person in Austin. Um, but I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a great team of way more talented and capable individuals than myself. So I really benefited from the company that I keep. You know, for example, we did a whole bunch of, of events on Facebook Live, and I've never had a Facebook account. So that was definitely all new to me. I knew what a Reddit AMA was, but I never participated in one, much less hosted one. That was a really fun experience that I found pretty exhilarating. More importantly, through both of those methods, we reached Austinites who had a genuine interest in this topic, who really wanted to know about more, uh, more about redistricting, that asked really good questions about the process. And we also got to see some of the classic Austin weirdness that makes me love living here so much. It uh, added a fun tone to everything, which I definitely appreciate. So, you know, we, we definitely validated our ability to be resourceful and, and flexible and find different approaches to, to do our outreach. And, and it's working out great. And you mentioned this earlier that the charter asks or tasks the auditor with getting a diverse applicant pool. Why is a diverse applicant pool important? Well, for a lot of reasons. First, th this commission is going to influence how Austin's governed for the next decade. What district you fall in dictates which candidates you can vote for for council office. And those, those candidates, those, those elected officials, in turn represent you and your community in making really important decisions that affect our everyday life. This week alone, I've seen really important discussions take place about how we want our police department to operate, what structure and resources should our emergency medical professionals have available to them, how should we improve our strategies to end homelessness. And in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about transportation, the environment, our utilities, not to mention all the other services the city of Austin provides. So getting a diverse pool of applicants helps us ensure that the process to redraw those district boundaries is fair and responsive to all Austinites, regardless of your demographics or where you live. 
And so what we're doing in response to that importance is constantly analyzing what communities are, are underrepresented and doing some targeted outreach to turn that around. Recently, we identified the Austin zip codes with the highest representations of communities of color and sent postcards to all individuals in those zip codes that appear to meet the voting requirements to be on the commission. We also did some advertising with media outlets to more closely serve those communities, as well as some of the outer lying portions of Austin. And our city auditor just did a presentation with the Women's Commission yesterday. So these, these are just a few examples of the strategies we're using to reach those uh, those people in those communities that are underrepresented right now. And so how will the auditor's office know as outreach efforts have been successful? Well, hopefully we'll see more diverse numbers in the coming weeks. Two days ago, we had our largest single day of applicants since June. That's great. Um, over the last weekend, we received eight applications. Four were Hispanic, one black, one Asian, and one woman. That's a trend I'd like to see continue growing and, and consistent throughout the rest of this application period. As I said before, it's kind of hard to say what a large pool means in our current environment. So we've got a, a really, we've got a lot of really talented applicants already, and and that's great. That makes us feel really comfortable. So increasing the diversity of the pool is really the primary measuring stick right now. And so I'll I'll see any increase in diversity as an indicator of success of our outreach efforts. Switching to something a little bit more technically related to the process itself for a second. Once the application period closes, how will we know who was selected for the panel and the commission? So first, everything's super transparent. We're putting everything up on the web. We'll make announcements. We'll have media releases to ensure that Austinites get that information. The process for that selection is the fun, but a little bit hard to, hard to follow part. On October 1st, we're going to host a random drawing to select the three members of the applicant review panel. And so we'll announce them and... Uh, and put them on our, our website immediately. We'll turn over all the application data for the commission applicants to them, and then in a very transparent manner over the course of uh, several weeks, I think, I think it's about three months, that panel will work to select the 60 most qualified applicants for the commission based on analytical skills, ability to be impartial, geographic diversity, and their appreciation for Austin's diversity. Those 60 names are then provided to the city council, each of which has the opportunity to strike one name without having to give a reason. They just have to do so in writing. And then whatever names are remaining are provided to our office. And then we hold another random drawing on January 23rd to select the first eight members of the redistricting commission. And those first eight members then select the remaining six, making sure that the commission reflects the diversity of Austin, including but not limited to racial, ethnic, gender, and geographic diversity. And if you're interested in attending the random drawings that Jason mentioned, go to our website, redistrictatx.org, and on our events page, you'll see the links, the information that you need to, to be at those, well, virtually, potentially be at those um, random drawings. So to kind of think about the, the, the broader picture, how this fits in to the, the process before and the process after, it, it will be 10 years until the next redistricting effort. And you've been in this, involved in this process twice now. Do you have insights on the process overall, differences between the first time in 2013 and now? And what do you think it'll be like in 2030? Tough questions. So yeah, leading both efforts has taught me a lot, more than I, I ever thought I would, I would learn on this job. This is not something that is typical in an auditor's responsibility. So these have been really unique learning experiences that I've been really fortunate to be a part of. 
and I definitely appreciate. Both experiences, uh, 2013 and now, have differed in a lot of ways. In, in 2012, when the charter changed, we were inexperienced. We had never done this before. Our input wasn't even sought when the charter was was altered. So our our responsibilities kind of just got thrown upon us. We faced tight timelines to to get the first one done and had a much smaller budget than we do now, but we made it work. This year, we had more time, more funding, but we contended with a global pandemic and saw police reform very appropriately occupy resident and media attention throughout this process. In both situations, there were some hurdles to climb over, but we relied on ingenuity, resourcefulness, and frankly, just some elbow grease to get it all done. And what we found was that there are a lot of Austinites that care about this and are willing to help. You just have to be flexible and, and willing to work for it. As for 2030, that is a really tough question. Like the rest of the world, a year ago, I was planning for a different 2020 than the one we're living in right now. But I will say this, amid all the chaos and the divisiveness that we see in our city and our country right now, I see a really strong contingent working and sacrificing for a better future. And that gives me hope that more people will pay attention to opportunities like this in the future and hopefully in 2030 because they know what's at stake and they'll see things like the redistricting process as vehicles for positive change. So that's about the best that I can predict. Predicting 10 years in the future is hard. <laughs> sure. I get that. <laughs> and so to, to wrap up, what would you tell someone who's thinking about applying for either the panel or the commission? I would say to someone thinking about it that if you're even thinking about it, I can tell you care about Austin and our local government. And I'd point out that this is an extremely unique opportunity. Not only do you greatly influence how Austin is governed, but you're getting a chance to do something residents in most other cities don't have an opportunity to do. Not every city has single member districts. And for those that do, they don't necessarily provide an opportunity for residents to participate like we do here in Austin. Even Dallas, who has a citizen redistricting commission, doesn't have an independent process like we do here. Their commissioners are appointed by their city council. So I would really encourage anyone thinking about it to really take advantage of the opportunities in front of them, throw in your application, and you know, hope for the best. Maybe you get selected and you become a part of Austin's history and shape the way that we're governed going forward. Thanks so much, Jason. And thanks for listening to this episode of Redistrict ATX. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news, information, and much more on Austin's redistricting process. You can also visit our website to learn more about redistricting at redistrictatx.org. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and iTunes so you never miss an episode.